Welcome to the Alliance Experience Podcast, a real estate podcast talking all things property management with a side of banter. Your hosts are Sam Riley and myself, Kelly Johnson. Hi everyone, Charlie here again. Please enjoy this episode eight, part two of Value in Fees. The next one is the lease renewal fee. Now this fee differs dramatically. So dramatically I have seen $88 and I have seen one week's rent plus GST. Yeah, I've actually seen 55 on some older contracts that we've got. Yeah, some previous acquisitions that we did. They had um, a $55 fee. So to me, if I was arguing and a client would be like, oh, why aren't you just sending them a new lease to sign and send it back? Oh, honestly, that's all I say. I know. And I get it. Like I, I do understand if we haven't explained what that fee includes, then why wouldn't they just say that? Because that's just what they assume. They exactly. think it's easier. New lease is sent and that's Yeah, done. in their mind they're like, oh, you're just doing up some more paperwork and that's pretty much it. And I get that. Like I said, it's our job to educate clients on what we're actually doing for our fee. And if you can't do that, then you don't deserve the fee. Like so I know what, that's me, but no, you don't. I hear. So what is involved in a lease renewal? So in our office, it would be first of all is is contacting the tenants and the owners to find out their position. So starting that negotiation and communication process. Once we've got an idea on what they're doing, it's then doing some um, CMAs or some rental analysis, just yeah. for those who don't know what a CMA is, and going online, seeing what other properties are getting in this market, seeing what would be reasonable, I guess, to put forward to a tenant, and then that negotiation period. And that's the most important, especially in this market right now. Because so many people are wanting to increase rent. So many. Yeah. And you can appreciate the owners are wanting to increase rent because it's their investment, their business. They want to make money, and that's fine. But then also on the other scale is the tenants aren't, some of the rents are being increased considerably, you know, $1,500 per week. And it's hard to find that extra money. So then I think it really comes down to if you don't have a property manager that can negotiate effectively, then you're going to have some trouble when it comes to the lease renewal. And I think that that communication maybe around that to both the owner and the tenant. So, Well, 100%. Like I've said to some of the girls when, because they'll always come and ask me like, oh, what do you think this house is worth, blah, blah. And sometimes the owner wants to increase something, $200 a week. So yeah. like I know one of the girls is dealing with one at the moment where the owner wants to go from like 630 to 850 Yes. Now I said to her, I was like, look, to be honest, if the house went to the rental market, it would probably get 850 Yeah, in this, in this one. However, the owner's on full fees. Yep. So the fees involved in the tenant vacating and then re-letting the property versus the rent increase mm-hmm. per week is it worth it? There's no guarantee the new tenant paying eight fifty is going to be as good as the tenant paying six thirty. Yeah, so many factors come into it, and that's why a lease renewal. While some people can do it cheap, you can push for the higher fee because there is so much involved. Exactly, and that negotiation, like you were just saying, is the way to think about it, and the way to go because you want to keep both clients happy. Yeah, our you clients don't want the owner our owners to be and our tenants. 100%. Like without um, tenants, owners aren't getting any money. Yep. So, um, and to be fair. In a way, neither are we because yep. if that owner can't pay us from rent- rental income. Then so I feel like everyone needs to be protected in a sense in that scenario. And I think the negotiation and how you handle those conversations between all parties is probably going to determine how positive that outcome is. 100% because the owner doesn't want to feel like you're on the tenant side. Correct. And the tenant doesn't want to feel like you're on the owner's side. Yeah. So it's being in the middle while also giving as much information so everyone can make a fair, informed decision. Yeah. And the sad part is, you know, when owners in the current market are doing these rent increases, when a tenant's going to look for what they can get for maybe what they're currently paying, 
the house is not going to be as nice. Yeah. So like I if agree they and look, I'm not saying they can pay the extra two twenty or whatever, but when they're looking in the market and the, you know moving another bond, yeah, removalist. There's so much Just the process in general that you have to be really careful that the tenant doesn't feel like you're bullying them into staying there because there's such a cost involved into moving. Yeah, I agree. And then like not even to we just went through the importance of negotiating and making sure you've got an agent that can do that on your behalf. But then there is paperwork that follows. Then you are obviously doing up the new agreements. You are doing up the bond variations. You are making sure the tenants are reminded that their rent's increasing on a certain day so they update their transfers. You are um, taking extra bond and following that up if they haven't paid. So there's, you know, there is obviously other things involved yeah. more practically in terms yeah. of paperwork. But I personally think it's if you've got a property manager maybe that's too scared to have those conversations, and, like, that's not a bad thing. You know, people obviously learn the art of negotiation. I think it does take time. But you need to be able to have the hard conversations with both owners and tenants to try and get to the outcome that's going to sue everyone. Yep, I agree completely. So I do think it the fee does dramatic differently. It, no. Differ. Thank you. That's okay. It can <laughs> um, range d- That's people. what I meant. Um, it, which surprises me because at the end of the day, if you as an agency don't feel like your fee should be higher, I think that's probably a little bit unfair on you. Like you've probably done a lot more work than most people realise. This is the thing. Like, and I obviously, like I follow a lot of people online over East that do fees and in the art of negotiation and like you've said, and believing in your fees. Yeah. Like the agents I go up like against. Yep. I don't obviously know 100% how they work. So I don't know like if they do the perfect job or if they don't or whatever, but I know that I believe in our fee. So if someone comes to me and really tries to like push me down on a fee or this agency is doing it for this, why can't you? I think because I'm so passionate about the work that is involved and yeah. that we actually do it. So we're not just going to charge you the fee and go, oh, we never did the inspection. I know we do it. Yeah. I know we do it well. Obviously, like I know how well our business runs. So if you believe in the fees, you can basically charge what you want. Like I know that sounds very like wanky, but <laughs> you can. Like if you're passionate yeah. and believe your fees, they shouldn't be that hard to negotiate. Uh, no, I agree. You want to make sure that you're, you have your processes right and everything set, but if you do everything as well as you say and you follow through with those promises, then you deserve to be paid for it. And people aren't going to sign up with you and if you're doing everything perfect, they're going to ask for a discount. No. Are they? No. <laughs> like if you're doing exactly what you promised <laughs> yeah. and when it's time and, you know, they charge the fee or whatever happened, they're going to go, yeah, I see why I paid that because the yep. job was done exactly how I was told it would be done. Exactly. Yeah. There's no surprises there, is there? No. Nah. So, yeah, I feel very passionate on that one. The next fee is the final bond inspection. Yes. Okay. So this is where I'll say to people, this comes back to the importance of the property condition report. I completely agree with you. So we would, the girls would obviously get the property condition report and arrange a time to do the final inspection. They always offer, I believe, that the owner and tenant can be present. Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, which they're obviously welcome to. Like sometimes the girls will go there a bit earlier to commence the final and then tell the owner to come maybe 45 minutes, an hour later. Yeah. I think people forget how long um, final bonds take. Well, I know people that do them in like 10 minutes and think it's fine. Yeah. Not here. No. Oh, my God. I was going <laughs> to say. heart attack. But, no. yeah, I think um, – like there's so much involved and I know that people don't really, I guess, again, it comes, it's probably our fault that we don't explain it enough to people and we don't educate it enough to people so they don't actually know what is involved. So then when we're trying to explain this fee and they're like, well, you only go there for five minutes. It's like, no, no, we're there. 
you know, for us, we do them in pairs. So two staff are at that property for quite a considerable amount of time doing that report. I always found that, that funny when I didn't work here. So obviously prior to Harcourts, I was elsewhere. And I remember one of our sales reps sold a house with Harcourts and it was quite a big house in Ocean Reef. Yep. And he was meeting the property manager there after she'd done the final. And he was like, I got there and there was like four property managers there. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? He was like, they must do their finals in yeah. pairs. And I never understood why. Look, I, it's something that kind of just developed over time here. Um, to be fair, I never understood why <laughs> when I got here either. And Also, was it before you? Well, it wasn't really. I think everyone kind of did it alone for a long period of time when I started here. Um, and then some people kind of like would pop out and help. And then it just kind of developed into something that we just did automatically. Like it was never actually discussed that that would then be the new this thing. This is our process? Yeah. And then obviously it just became the process. And I love it now. Like, so what benefits do you see? Because obviously what I see, but what do yeah. you see? So for me personally, I think, well, one is is time. Final bonds take a lot of time. And I think if you're at a property for so long looking, you know, at walls, doors, windows, ceilings, floors, like over and over again, you get tired. You yeah. do get tired and you start to miss things. So first of all, for me is having two sets of eyes on everything. And then you can go through, I, the girls do them all slightly differently in terms of like if they want to do the reports or the photos and things and they manage that themselves. But I think having someone else there that can give you an opinion for one, two, safety. Yes. Yep. You know, obviously in this day and age, you just need to make sure, you know, we feel as though we need to make sure that our staff are safe. So mm -hmm. we like having them in twos just as a precaution. Um, but also I find that if an owner comes to a, excuse me, a final inspection and there's two people there, then they can actually start having conversations. They talk to both of those property managers and those property managers are kind of, I guess, letting them know what their opinions are. And, and I find having a third person involved in that conversation just tends to make well, it's not everyone, just he said, she said. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I just find that it flows for us better. Yeah. And then they can say, if, you know, if an owner or a tenant, if, for example, is concerned about something, can say, oh, look, we actually had another property manager do the job and this is what they thought. I think it's great. Like I've always since working here thought it's so good because, like you said, if you might see like a mark on the wall and you might think it's damaged but somebody else might go, that will just wipe off with a rag. Yeah. So it easily becomes wear and tear. Yeah. So I think it's very good for a client to know like you've got a team working with Correct. you and then a tenant knows it's not just like if the relationship's broken down yeah, between happens. the property manager and the tenant, the tenant might think the property manager's out to get them Yeah, where you've got a third party involved. So there was that a like you said, another yeah. set of eyes to be reasonable and help negotiate. Yeah. So I, yeah, so I love that they do them in pairs now. And I, like, you know, every agency is different, so you don't have to. That's just what works for us. So when you think of this fee, so like, again, they mm. range from. They do. Like, I think I've seen some $165 yep. to $350, I think I saw one recently. Yeah, okay. And look, it, there's a lot involved because it's obviously doing the report for one. Like, you know, obviously that's quite. Involved. Yeah. Um, so the report and then the photos. But then it's after that's the follow-up. So if there's problems, it's following up the owner, following up the tenant, finding out what they're both happy to, I guess, to agree to. More negotiating, that's where it comes back, more negotiating between all parties. It's always the negotiating. Yeah. Constantly going back and forth trying to figure out, getting quotes if we need to get quotes, getting works. maintenance or um, repairs done, damage done. You know, in some instances doing insurance claims and I know that, you know, we have a separate fee for that as well. But, like, there's a process. Like, it's a lot of paperwork. And then even if the final is great, 
It's still chasing up to get the last of the water bills. It's still processing a final disposal online. And look, that is a bit simpler, but you've still got to do the report and the photos to get to that point. I think the biggest thing really is all these fees people brush over and clients do when they're comparing one agency to another. But if every agency explained the work involved in yeah. every fee and every say everyone in WA ran the same fees, everybody yeah. went higher and ran the same, clients wouldn't have the choice. No, I know. Because then they would know the work that's involved in what we're doing and that everybody justifies the money they're charging. It's yeah. those ones that go so cheap. So they do a final for $60 and then they go, an owner will go, how come Joe Bloggs down the road can do it for $60 but your fee might be $200? And then it's back to that explaining and yeah. what's involved again. Yeah. Um, next fee based is the annual financial summary. The fee that no one ever wants to pay. You know how I sell this? So people <laughs> can steal this from me. So I always go to people, okay, so obviously every month we send you a statement. Uh, gets emailed along with any invoices that have been paid, things yep. like that. You can keep all of those in a file if you're going to print them out. And you're going to keep them and you're going to make sure, you know, January is here, et cetera, et cetera. Or at tax time, we can give you one statement. (laughs) This is my sales pitch on that form. Because it's like income and expenditure, also known, annual financial summary. It's not a massive fee. No. But the document it gives you, accountants love. Yeah, I agree with that. And I know that a lot of people say it's just a push of a button. And at the end of that process, yes, it is. But there's all the work that goes into it before then. It's making sure your um, invoice are coming in and, and being processed on time. It's making sure that there's no issues with regards to data entry. It's making sure that all your, I guess, your dates with regards to your renting, like all of that data, yes, at the end of the day, your press apartment is collated, but we need to put that data in and throughout needs, that 12-month period. Correct, and it needs to be put in correctly. Yes. So it's an expenditure, yeah. income. Yes. So there is, there's so much more work that goes into it is entering all of that data, making sure that we're following up and getting your invoices on time making sure that that's all going in there and then at the end of financial year, perfect, here's your information. Yeah. And that is argued much with me lately. I reckon in the last 12 months because I'm really confident in how I sell yeah, it, okay. I find that people pay it. But a fee that we don't charge but people do, admin. Yes, the uh, the monthly admin fee. So you and I had a discussion about that this year, whether it's also known as postage and pennies. Yes. Um, whether we believe it should be charged. Now, this ranges. I've seen that from $5.50 mm-hmm. to probably like $15. Yeah, yeah. Monthly. Think, yeah, that's probably, there's probably um, more higher ones out there, but I think that's probably pretty standard. I stopped because I just couldn't sell it. I and didn't believe in it. It's $550. Like, yeah. And that's it. I guess if you don't believe it, like you said, if you don't believe in a fee, then it's going to be impossible for you to convince someone else to pay. And that's what I said to you because I remember like when I obviously, like last year we have, we put it in um, and I used to say to people, you know, like it's an admin fee. It covers us storing your documents for seven years. Mm. And I heard myself and I was like, I sound like an idiot. Yeah. So I don't know how people justify that. I think people should really look back at their management fee, maybe increase that and get rid of the admin fee because yeah. I don't know how, like how would you Well, I guess I, I, I don't. I've never really <laughs> been able to really. And they're like, oh, you know, just the cost of like emails and delivery. Like you just, you just, you, you winging it, to be honest. It used to be and petties. Um, it used to be when we used look, to And look, if there's someone out there that can say, like, good on you, like Hats great off. work, it's just something. And like I said, this is just our opinion. It's how we find ways for us. It just isn't something that we find value in yeah yeah that's probably a good way of saying it actually and then two other sets 
on our obviously our pay as you go, there is the court fees and insurance claim fees. Yeah. So these are obviously as required. Yep. Um, court usually people will put in their document that they will charge by the hour up to a maximum amount. Yeah. So I've seen that range from fifty dollars an hour to a hundred dollars an hour up to a maximum of four hundred or five hundred. Everyone's different. Quite different. Yeah. Um, do you charge this much? We do. Okay. Yep. Yeah, we do. And I think, um, like, I think it's justified. Like, we haven't really had too many clients argue it because at the time we've got to go to court, you know, you would pay similar prices if you're going to see an accountant, for example. Like, True. We, you are paying us to be that specialised service that we offer to you and being your professional, we're going to court on your behalf. That's time out of our day. We're doing the paperwork. We're doing the research. We're doing the prep. We're then also going to court. And that we're um, and court is slow as we went through oh last God, week. It is yes. Um, and, but then when we're at court, we're negotiating again. We're negotiating on your behalf. We need to make sure we know what we're talking about. We know the act. We know what has happened. Um, and then we put that forward on your behalf. So I feel like it is. We charge it because it's a, like one. It's a lot of time, but you're paying for, for the value that I think that we're going to be adding to you. If you want to go yourself, go right ahead. <laughs> Like I, I do offer that. Like if people want to, I don't prefer it, but I do offer it. But yeah, at the end of the day, we're going there to provide you a specialized service. And I feel like that there is a charge on that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also a good, again, negotiating thing to an yeah. owner. If they're being difficult in a final situation, you can say to them, well, look, obviously like it can go to court, but there is a fee involved. Yeah. So you might be arguing over $200, but the court fees might outweigh that. So just let it go. Yep. So I feel like that's, I'll always say to people, we obviously have that fee in there, but that's also to remind you to be reasonable yes. because sometimes of course. emotions get in your way and you stop being reasonable sometimes. It does happen, you know, so you good. get in the scenario, well, we've all done it. Oh, we've all been yes. stubborn and decided to do something on principle rather than common sense, haven't we? No, 100%. I know I have. hundred <laughs> percent. So it's just one of those things. But um, yeah, I think, um, I just, I just want to, like, if you're not charging for your time at court, guys, all right. I think why I just you're worth it like the the value you are adding to your client is worth a fee like you've got so much knowledge and it win most scenarios so much knowledge and so much experience that you going and representing them is going to in nearly all cases end up with a more positive outcome for them 100% and it comes back down to believing in your fees correct like you just said if you're not charging why? If there's mm. agents that are listening to this that, you know, have heard the different pricings on our fees or things like that, if everyone just believed in them basically as much as we do, yeah, everyone could increase their fees. It doesn't come down to getting business because you drop your pants and your fees. <laughs> well, you know, I saw an agent once do a 3.5% management fee. Yeah, that's not. And I just remember thinking, how much do you value yourself if that's, like, can you imagine if I gave a property manager here? They would murder you. Yep. Like yep. they would, the girls would absolutely. They'd probably you. throw the paperwork back in yep. my face and be like, "No, nah, not taking There's it. No chance." Mm-hmm. And yes, you know, they're probably a little bit precious. <laughs> yep, at times, but it, like we've kind of developed that for a reason. And you that's know, because we want they them know to they feel good. as though you know they're also getting paid what they deserve yep. because they're doing such a great job. And, and they yeah. do. So yeah, I feel very passionate about that. The last one that we pre. pre- I just can't talk. <laughs> Briefly it touched on insurance claims. Yeah. So there's a fee for this. So what when why would the property manager charge a fee for an insurance claim? 
So um, to honestly, most commonly, um, any building insurance claims, they're mm-hmm. probably the more frequent ones. So falling fences, uh, ceilings, leaking ceilings. We've had a couple of roof um, kind of like sections Ceiling of roof come up. And, and, yeah. yeah, things like that. So I think for us, building insurance is the most common. However, obviously, there is also tenant um you know, unpaid rent damages, and that's after a final inspection. Mm-hmm. So there's the, and they're two different uh, claims. So the building claim, depending on who the company you're with, can be a little bit more of a simpler process because you do tend to get the information a lot quicker. You got the quotes, the reports, everything kind of tends to roll through. But the um, if you do one for an like a tenant that's vacated, and let's say they've got damage and unpaid rent, that can be quite an experience. <laughs> it can that's take an understatement. Some, yeah, and it depends on what insurance company you're with. So True. there's some great ones out there and I'm not going to mention them, but, you know, we probably will do a podcast and maybe have a guest speaker on that. But there is some great ones out there that are fantastic when it comes to claims. And Easy you can kind to deal of, with. Yeah, you can get through that, do it all online, pop through what you need to. But then there's other ones that are awful to deal with. Mm, and they just it. do not want to yeah. process the claim. Exactly. And you need to be making sure. So, you know, we need to be given the approval to act on behalf of the owner. Yeah. So that's al- that's always a... A thing to start with and then after that we need to be able to writing documents quotes reports photos ledgers paper like it, there's a lot involved if it's a big claim I feel like the fee because usually again I've seen this range from like 55 to I think 195 yeah okay um interesting that seems quite cheap. Like if you were going to do an insurance claim for me, I would give you $200 for me not to deal with it. Yeah, look, I don't <laughs> want to deal with that either. That's what I mean. If I'm honest. Like, I feel like, like as an owner. God. When you're thinking about, like you've just said, and insurance companies might need three quotes for offence or things like that, there's so much work involved. Yeah. I would happily go, yep, take my money. I don't want to know about it. Let me know when the claim's done. And I don't know if anyone has called insurance companies lately, but the wait times oh. on those phones... <laughs> You I think the other day speaker. someone sat on there for 48 minutes. At least it was good hold music. <laughs> I walked past and I was like, do, do, do. So I just think, um, and like I know that we're really just humming on in, in the podcast about like why. We charge we, the fees we yeah, And why do we deserve them. But I feel like, and we probably haven't touched on it enough, but the reason we charge them is because we've, we believe that we have put in great processes, great systems, great staff, have a great office that these fees in turn will end up with your investment as an owner, your investment being protected as much as possible. So we're going to try and mitigate as much possible to you. So I think in the long term, you know, any owners listening like, oh, God, they charge a lot of fees, it will be worth it in the long run for you as an owner to make sure that that risk is mitigated. And the house. like looked after. Exactly. The tenant's good, the rent's paid, the house, you know, obviously wear and tear happens, but overall the house is going to be as it was when you handed it to us. Correct. Like we're both, well, our team is very, very passionate on charging good fees because the work is getting done. And I think that's why I get so passionate about fees because (laughs) I'm like, I know the girls do an amazing job. And like, I'm not just saying that, like I know they do. So for me, when I'm out there sitting with a client going through our fees, I do really take the time to go through much like this podcast. Like I'll go through it bit by bit like that because I know if something happened, the girls are going to handle it exactly how I've explained it. We yeah. all have open communication, like we have meetings, so we go through if there's issues. Yeah. Everyone knows how everybody works, so there's no like secret hiding that we don't know about. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And I think it's really important that you've just mentioned that you go through this with clients because so before we sat down for this podcast, we said we were going to do this in two parts. Yes. And we're now at like nearly 50 minutes and we haven't stopped. Maybe um, Charlie can just cut it. <laughs> but what I was going to say is it just – 
shows how much time you spend with new clients. Yes. So you do, we're doing this and giving some, what we hope will be some valuable insight to others, but you do that with a spe- each specific client, new client that you meet. Yeah. Like that is a considerable amount of time that you spend giving people information. And sometimes at this point, you know, they might not choose us as Correct. an agency. Yeah. So that's time that, you know, we want to value out as much as possible. Mm. And I just think it's important to know that you, if you're spending a lot of time with people and you're giving them time that, you know, it's you're already one step ahead. Absolutely. And I think like we've said, if as long as you're seeing like the value in it, it shouldn't be that hard to talk about. No. So other fee options that owners that we offer our clients are all-inclusive options. Yes. So basically quick overview is we have two options of all-inclusive. One is a management fee that's obviously higher than our standard pay-as-you-go. Yep. And then it's plus a two-week letting fee. Yep. which includes obviously everything. Yep, we and then there's a yep. higher, higher management <laughs> fee that is just a management fee. Yep. So clients, I obviously give a client a booklet yep. that has all these options in and I say, look, I go through it with them or I'll say I'll leave it with you and then I book another appointment to come back and go through it with them. Okay, yeah. And clients will go to me, what's the all-inclusive options? And I'll go, well, they obviously include everything yeah. but you're paying a higher management fee. So Back in the day, or yeah, more so probably back in the day, I used to say to people, look, this is really good because tenants are vacating, they have options of properties, they can move out, move somewhere else, and you're not paying the advertising again, the final bond inspection, all those fees. You're just constantly paying a higher management fee and everything's included. Yeah. Now, obviously, people aren't vacating as often. I find that these aren't as popular. And that's what I was actually, I was going to put you on the spot and ask you which one you prefer, but I agree that it's very much based on market and Mm. how the current market's going because if you've got a high turnover of tenants, then one's going to be the preference. Mm -hmm. And if you've got a low turnover of tenants, then one's going to be the preference. Uh, See, I'm always a big pay-as-you-go. Okay. That's like if you were to ask me ever in my career. What your preference was? Always. That's just me. Interesting. But keeping in mind on the higher management fee, your your inclusive options, you get an income straight away. Yeah. So like when you have the one that we went through earlier with the pay as you go on the fee by fee by fee, I usually say to clients, write off your first month. Yeah. So your first month is all your setup costs. So obviously your leasing, your property condition report, advertising. So you won't really get a rent your first month. Yeah. But then from there, you've got your management fee ongoing. Yeah. Where an all-inclusive option, because the management fee is higher, you will usually get income that first month. Yeah. Okay. So it's a good way of looking at it. That's really my argument now because I don't think people are vacating after twelve months. Yeah. I think that people are staying on, so the all inclusive aren't as common. Okay. Do you ever get people wanting all inclusive just purely for budgeting? Yeah. 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 And I can get that as well. You know, me, me having an investment property, my yeah. budget's very tight in yeah. a way, and I like I am on pay as you go. And um, but there's been times where I thought, you know, what all inclusive would be easier because you know I what you're getting every exactly. month. Yeah. And I think as well, like, yeah. So for that. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I really get that, but I'm still a pay-as-you-go girl. Yeah. Oh, well, each to their own. Um, But it just reiterates to the clients that everything is still involved in the all-inclusive options. The management fee is just higher. Yeah. You see, the the job is still being done. The same as what we've just outlined, I guess. And obviously, like our management authorities and most agencies should use the Rewa Management Authority, which is a real estate institute of WA. 
all the fees are reiterated again in detail. So you yeah. can see like they put in there like routine inspections, the cost, how the first inspection at what time and then how often thereafter. Yeah. So everything that I go through in our marketing booklet is reiterated into a management authority, which then the client signs. Yeah. Okay. And there's a lot of spots for them to sign. An yeah, initial. there is. <laughs> so they could never come back and say, oh, I didn't understand this because they have every single opportunity to ask me yeah. again at that point. Yeah. Okay. And then I guess our last phase to really talk about is letting only. Yes. Letting, which I feel like comes and goes in waves. I've never liked it. Yeah, look, I don't love it either, but, you know, you can understand sometimes why people want it, I guess, yeah. why clients out there would like to um, have that option available. We, do, we don't do a lot of them, nah. if I'm honest. Well, I don't really go out. I will always obviously try to list the property so of we can course. manage. Um, but I was looking at one the other day because we did recently agree to a letting only and I did a bit of secret shopping. Yes. to other agents. Okay. And I was, because obviously I knew we were podcasting, so I wanted to see what fees and what people charge. Yep. So people charge two or three weeks letting fee. Yep. They charge a property condition report for around 350 Okay. And advertising for around 350 Yeah. So okay. they didn't charge a title and they didn't charge national tenancy database checks, which I found very interesting. That is interesting. You obviously still want the applications process. Yeah. But I think okay. it comes back to obviously knowing your fees and that because a letting only, you're not obviously keeping the management on to manage. Yeah. You're just doing the leasing. Yes. Giving the tenant that. the keys and yeah. then handing obviously the owner's bank details for the tenant to pay rent and the yeah. owner's information. So on that, do you have confidence? Like what would, why, why would a client get a letting only? Why would they opt to get an agent for a letting only period? Like what are those conversations that you, I know that there's not been a lot, but those conversations you've had with those clients, why are they looking for a letting only service? You will find that these people have had investment properties for years. Yeah. Okay. And they have managed them on their own for years. You will find that. And then they just want the agent to help because like, let's be honest, a mum and dad or an owner doesn't always have access to realestate.com and they don't even know really how to look at all the major websites. Yeah. So they want their property out there for everyone to see, yeah, but okay. they don't know how to do it. So yeah, you'll find sense. they come along, they want us to do it. They want us to do all the vetting of the applications and then organise property condition report because they, again, don't want to do it, but yeah. they don't know what companies do it. Okay. But then because they've always done all the management themselves. They're happy to do that process. But you'll find, and I had this many, many years ago, I did a letting only for a client in Greenwood. Yep. And in my head, I was convinced I was going to list it. So in my head, okay. I was convinced I wasn't manage it. So I just, my own fault, I didn't really have a conversation with the tenant that the owner might be involved. Got it. So I just did it standard because the owner, it's like stopped communicating. I'd done the letting only shit. Well, I uh-huh. leased it. Tenant was in there and I kept emailing her being like, when are you going to collect this stuff? Like blah, blah, blah. Never got back to me. So I never really told the tenant. Yeah, okay. And it was like the first six-week inspection. So I booked it in. I was just <laughs> holding funds because obviously we weren't, to charge. Yeah. And then did the inspection, fine, sent the owner the report. And then about three months in, the owner's like, why is the tenant paying you rent? <laughs> I never had your bank details. I oh, couldn't pass wow. them to. And then the tenant got really annoyed because they didn't want to rent from the owner. It, Look, you can understand sometimes people don't like renting privately. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a personal preference. Yep. You know, some people rent privately and absolutely love it because they don't like going through agencies and some are opposite. You know, yeah. everyone has a personal preference on that. So I think that that's really important in a lending only when you're telling yeah. 
prospective tenants because like you said I agree you know someone might come along you might say oh, it's a lending and they might go no nah, we don't want it we want to rent through an agent only we've yeah. had a bad experience so I think that that's a really important thing but again everything is doable you just have to be transparent yeah I agree with that yeah and look letting owners they are interesting and you know I the only thing I love about a letting only is that that client is aware enough to know that putting the right tenant in their property is important exactly yeah. and I like I like that like if you want to manage a property great love that if you have the f- capabilities and the facilities to do that they're not a problem at all but I love that they have the initiative that they're like look I want the best possible tenant for my property and they know using agent will help get that yeah because I do think in the long run for them as well it's like I, they want to be protected and I think it's great that they're making that smart choice mm. no it's good yeah I think that's enough of <laughs> us talking about face honestly there's <laughs> It's actually funny to see how many notes we have in here we have not even touched on in no. terms of fees. So we might have to do something else and maybe call it something different. I don't know. But we really could just continue speaking for hours on end. But we hope that this podcast really goes into extra information about what is involved and why we charge the fees we charge. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's also giving, I guess, a little bit of insight into how we do things. And we're happy for people to... I guess, take on board some of that. And, mm. you know, we're, we're pretty transparent in the way we want to deal with people, property managers, tenants, owners. So, yeah. I, like, I hope it is helped even just a couple of people maybe have a bit more of an awareness or understanding on what an agent actually does. Absolutely. Because, and, oh, like, sorry. You no, got- I was just saying, because it's, I, I find it something that I guess until you know, you don't know, really. Absolutely. You don't know until you know. <laughs> I'm just getting all poetic. Um, Charlie has reminded us we are putting a question box up. Yes. So if you guys have any questions that you want us to answer specifically on our next podcast, write them in a the little box. Yep. Common sense, guys. You know how social media works. <laughs> and then we will answer it. We will. Um, it'll actually be really interesting to see how that works. If anyone I'm excited replies. about it. Someone send us a question, please. <laughs> so we can answer. But thank you all for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode on the Alliance Experience. Don't forget to follow us on Insta, alliance.leasing.